So, you know, when you're scaling a service-based business, you like, you get to the point when you, I don't know what the number was, Steve, if it was 10. Well, I mean, at 10, we actually acquired a business, but maybe it's 20, but definitely now at 40, it's amazing one to have that many people, but it's, it's crazy to realize like you don't actually know everybody's name or, or maybe you know the name, but you definitely don't know their last names and never mind like their firstborns and their spouses and what's their favorite color. You know, every uh, new hire for the past eight years, you know, every the first day we've spent at least a half an hour with them individually to, you know, welcome them, get to know them, introduce them to what they're, what they'll be doing. And as you grow, you just can't do that. And today we also want to talk a little bit about our new revenue stream, our new division. And we just hired our first no code lead developer. He's great. I know that because I hear all the feedback, but I've never actually met the guy. This is one of the first employees. Welcome everyone. My name is Dan Gertrudes and I'm hosting the Faz Evolution, the 15 minute raw take. The purpose of this series is to help the fractional CFO, the accountant, the freelance bookkeeper, helping you understand the dynamics of our industry and recent events that are happening in our business and to share our journey with you. So welcome. So today we want to announce our newest hire and his name is Gonzalo and he's going to be our no code lead developer and he's going to be reporting into Corey. Um, also we have Katie Young on the team and of course the famous Heather Satterley. Da, 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 da. This is going to be the beginning of something that we've been dying to do. But today's show is not all about no code, but... Uh, it is not about no code, but just give us a definition of no code, Dan. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not smart enough. You know, it, it's a, uh, a way of getting all that accounting data into this general ledger without, uh, without building your own proprietary systems and, and doing so without on top of like all the native integrations that QuickBooks Zero, all the online GLs have. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm actually, I'm actually very like, I'm ready to scratch an itch. I'm intellectually very curious about the no code, low code platforms, the things our team are doing for us and for our customers. I mean, it's mind blowing. We've been at this for eight years and we, we would do everything possible not to have to move shit from like one spreadsheet to one database to one system. And we did that because there were plenty of apps out there in the ecosystem of QuickBooks and Xero, uh, NetSuite that allowed data to move. But the irony is over the last two years, the customers we've been bringing on they are, they're more complicated and they have tons of data. They have different distribution channels. Even an e-commerce customer four years ago was just like, okay, just connect Spotify or just do a, a, 
a CSV download and do some journal entries coming out of Stripe. There's really only one, usually one system. Now, now an e-commerce company has like three or four different places where they're selling and they're, they've got a fulfillment. They've got uh, uh, sold by Amazon, Amazon fulfillment. They got Shopify. They got, you know, you, you name it. There's, there's a and, lot of different places for all this data. And then you got to bring it all into one place so that you can have a full picture of your, uh, your not, not a, let alone your revenue, but your inventory. Yeah, no, God bless our accounting team because, you know, I, I would say I've lost a little bit of the touch. I am not as connected, um, no pun intended. And I, I give it to them because, you know, we try not to overcomplicate. So I will jump into once in a while, I'll jump into a customer's QuickBooks or a, a potential lead if somebody doesn't have time. And I still enjoy that. And I look at the QuickBooks files, I'm like, oh, crap, this is like way over processing. They've got all these systems connected and it's just overloaded. And, and I'm kind of like, eh, let's do the old CPA magic and pump out some journal entries. But that doesn't work, right? Because when you start doing journal entries, you from a planning perspective, you start losing visibility into what's actually happening at the business. So I'm excited for the no code. I'm excited for Gonzalo. And I also want to tell our friends, Blake Oliver, that Gonzalo was also our second inbound, not marketing, inbound HR lead. And so I think, Blake, you need to start charging uh, every time your, your, uh, your guests on your podcast get an, hire, get an inbound lead and hire somebody. No, it's, it's really interesting because he has both that engineering background and the accounting background. I was just out, out at a accounting web last week, and one of the, the questions that kept going around, everybody was asking everybody was, uh, where do you find somebody that has that can develop, help me develop a low code, no code division in my business. How do I find that match between an engineer and an accountant? The answer is jump on to Blake's podcast. <laughs> it's, it's been an amazing source of inbound uh, HR leads. Anyways, so today we're going to actually talk about people. So the theme for the last few 15 minute raw takes on the FAS evolution have really been about recruiting, capacity management, capacity management in light of customer demand. The different types of demand, you know, uh, the, your recurring monthly revenue versus the, the catch-up things versus tax. Like, how do you balance all of this? It's a big issue that especially traditional CPA firms are trying to deal with. Right. And I think what's total irony here is we're still a very much a people-centric professional services business, and we could not do what we do. Growth Lab would not be around if it were not for our people, our team. And I was just joking around with you, Steve, this morning, and I was like, so what's the name of uh, the new no-code? Oh, you're going to out uh, me, huh? I'm going to totally out you, because that is part of like the, the dynamics of scaling a service-based business. You're yeah, not going to be interviewing everyone. You, you and I used to interview everyone. Uh, we used to sit with them on the first day. We used to be the ones that set up their IT infrastructure. We used to, I used to assign their email addresses, right? So we we touched their name fifteen times before the before day one. So what was that? What was that moment like? If you can recall, 
I don't know if it was eight years ago or last year, but what was that moment when you said, holy shit, I really don't know all of my team members and we are scaling? What, what moment? Because I have one in my head. Uh, it would probably be within the last six months, six, eight months. It's uh, when, to a lesser degree, when we hired Jen, sorry, Jen, uh, and uh, to a larger degree, Robin. Robin was one of the first people that I did not really get to know a little bit on a personal level uh, before, you know, they, they really dove into the business. So I would say the moment for me. And that was, that was probably employee oh, 35. Maybe, maybe 32. I don't know. Uh, I, I would say the moment for me was when we decided to scratch the first name at Growth Lab. Mm. and go to first initial dot last name. Our, our that mind. was the moment for me that I was like, holy shit, this is now for real. This is our, this is our in, email handles, you know, instead of a Steven at Growth Lab, Dan at Growth Lab, which we still have, uh, uh, we have, you know, it would be, if I was to come on now, it'd be s.byler at growthlabfinancial.com. And that it was three years back ago. back to like those, when you're an early adopter, like I was an early adopter of Zipcar, right? And I, I, I really enjoyed my old school, like plain Zipcar card. Yeah. And everybody else had the fancy, like colorful ones. It was a little badge of honor, right? I was there. I was there at the beginning. I think I see that when I look at email addresses now too. You're very nostalgic. I am, I so, am nostalgic. Yes. What happens as you start scaling? And everybody has that magic number. For those of you ha who have, say, five or six or seven team members, and everyone is, you know, either bookkeepers, you know, managing customers, and the practice owner is still reviewing the books. I'd say for for me personally, it was right around that 25. And that and the reason why that 25 was maybe a little bit of a um, a magical number when I came to that realization, like, wow, it was because we had just hired three years ago in the summer of 2019, we hired a cohort of about six or seven uh, young adults that had just graduated from college. And that to me was the moment where I realized the importance of having an HR strategy, an HR framework, because the scale and the speed of the growth and headcount was getting to be too much for me personally. Um, even at that time, I, I, I remember all of them. And by the way, they're all still here, which is pretty cool. Um, and I got, you know, we've gotten to know them very close. And I would say they are their inner circle for us, even at their sort of young 25 year old age. Um, but I, we realized like, you can't, you, you can't, it can't be one to one any longer. And for us, at, at, as well, as we look back at this, in, in, in terms of like, the development of the business, right, because some of that tied into Dan, uh, developing a whole like a different uh, PL, right? We'd been doing the FPNA CFO stuff for a while, it'd been you, me, Corey, right? And then we had the accounting, right? And that was pretty much it. But as we, and this goes back to like yesterday, we hired our first no code uh, engineer, like we're opening a whole new like P and a whole new like service line. So, you know, part of it is the teams being able to like get to know one another, right? And there's, there's different personas, not just engineer versus accountant, but like accountant versus like 
planning analyst, right? The, the whole forward-looking piece. Like it takes a different persona, different mentality. For us, they, we did bring in that, that whole younger cohort um, and that had its, its challenges to like integrate into the business. But I think, you know, it's it's about how do you keep that, uh, that culture that we worked very hard, still work very hard to develop, but it looks different when you're eight versus 15 versus 25 versus 40. And so for those that are scaling their business, and it doesn't have to be at like hyper speeds here, three things that kind of come to mind that I would reflect, I would reflect as being factors of success. Uh, one, figure out the recruiting, like we talked about in episode one, figure out the recruiting so that there is a touch of automation without losing the relationship at least until you get into the double digits. Two, figure out how you communicate performance. I'm a big fan and we embrace maybe a little bit more of a a corporate strategy here, but a big fan of having annual performance reviews and comp reviews, tying that back to last year's fiscal close and your current annual operating plan. And I would say the third, the third piece is figuring out the personas, right? So you've got recruiting, you've got uh, the uh, feedback loops. And then the third piece, like Steve said, is understanding the DNA of the role you are hiring for, because as you get into FAS, FPNA, CAS, tax, I don't give a shit, every, all of that stuff, people look very different. People have different needs. People have different backgrounds, experiences, academics. So understanding the persona so you can start building out job descriptions. You can start building out job offers and having that stuff templatized because most of you are probably on systems like Gusto, right? You can you can just upload these templates and you just press a button. Right. And but start early, right? Don't wait. Oh yeah, start Don't early. Wait, like to your to your point, like we started our HR playbook when we were probably, what, 15, 15 20 18. people? Um, and did we really need it then? No, we could, it was just still you and I putting the job descriptions together, putting them into, in Word. Uh, but yes, when we got to, when we got onto larger systems, it made it a whole lot easier to get on the system, set them up, get them, get them running. And that HR playbook is, is, here's our list of roles. Here's our salary ranges. Here's the bonus structure associated with those, those uh, roles. The works. So think of HR and HR strategy just like accounting versus FPA. Accounting is very reactive, it's backward looking, it's historical, it's compliance, whereas FAS, FPA, is forward looking, it's being proactive, right? Uh, our team calls it. Uh, their goals are like accuracy, timeliness, and insight, right? So look at your HR strategy, just like your accounting business. There are two parts to HR. One is knee-jerk, reaction, reactive, compliance. The letter comes in from the state and says something about you need to register your payroll, or you've got an issue with an employee you let go, or you have an employee that you let go, and now the unemployment rate. All There's a big piece of HR for many businesses that is just reactive compliance stuff. But for world-class businesses and businesses that are scaling, 
be proactive. You're right, Steve. Like we didn't have to do that. We didn't have to blow out a playbook. We didn't need all that shit. But you know something? Because we did that, it allowed us to hit on those three things. Recruiting, mm-hmm. feedback loops for performance, and then understanding the underlying personas. Now, I like that analogy of uh, relating back to bookkeeping, right? Because you do bookkeeping so that you make managing the business easier and you make tax your, your compliance like just like it's it should be done by the time it gets gets to that season right then this like if you do that like the work of like organizing things it makes focusing on the culture focusing on the business focusing on that kind of future side of things that much easier and focused i like that that's a wrap folks we'll see you next episode thank you so that's a wrap that's another episode of the faz evolution the 15 minute raw take where me and my team we share our journey with our peers Thanks for joining me.